morning, um, we're going to be landing in John chapter 10, so if you have your word with you and you want to head that way, that's where we'll end up for the majority of the sermon this morning. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God has used uh, the image of sheep and shepherds to represent His people and the church. In the Old Testament, God refers to Himself as the shepherd of the flock, and we read in Psalm 95.7, For He is our God, and we are His people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Psalm 23.1, the beloved psalm from David, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I lack nothing. So God talks about Himself as the shepherd. Later in the Old Testament, God actually uh, refers to the religious leaders as the shepherds of the flock. The problem was, they were not good shepherds. They were bad shepherds. They didn't care about the sheep, they cared more about themselves. In Ezekiel, we read, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? So instead of helping the Israelites learn and understand more about God, they actually made it more confusing because of their example. God today, in, in the New Testament, calls those who lead the church pastors, also calls them shepherds. And since we haven't had church, really, since Corona, we've transitioned pastors, and Pastor Mark retired, and uh, it's just a little not too real yet for me. This is the first Sunday I've actually been in front of the church, other than on a video. And I'm telling you, when I walk down the hall, and I'm going in my office, and I see that little plaque, and it says, Pastor Paul, Senior Pastor. My throat tightens up, and my stomach just flip-flops. Pickens View has been privileged to have many great shepherds. A few of them that I've known this morning, Pastor Foster Gentry is here, Pastor Lewis Edwards, and Pastor Mark James. There are many more. I've heard about Pastor Hux and a few others, but those are the three that I know personally. And in this past week, I was actually able to watch Pastor Lewis in action. Uh, if you know, Pam's uh, mother, Ann Batson, who's a member of our church, passed away this week. And Lewis was doing the funeral, and Lewis has actually walked this road with the Greer family many times. Pam lost a sister. Uh, her sister passed away when she was about 20 years old, and Lewis did that, that funeral, and then her father passed. You see, Lewis knows his sheep well, and he loves and he cares for them, and I saw that this week. What a huge responsibility to be the shepherd of a flock or a church. My example and what God is asking me to do is to follow His heart and to love and care for His sheep. Now, you might remember in the New Testament that Peter had denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus reinstates him by asking him three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter answers yes each time. But I want you to remind, uh, remind you this morning of his answers. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. You're about ready to start hurting my feelings, Lord. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. So, 
like Peter this morning, I too have a calling and a privilege to be a shepherd at Pickens View Wesleyan Church, to have God's heart of compassion and love, to help and protect and care and to guide all of the sheep that he brings to our flock. I don't want to be like other shepherds who disappointed God, who got distracted and only cared about themselves. I want to have God's heart for God's sheep. So you pray for me that I'll be a good shepherd, I'll be God's shepherd. I want to thank you for the privilege and the honor and the responsibility as I'm growing into it to be God's shepherd. So as we focus our hearts for communion this morning, I want us to consider this idea of being sheep now as it relates more in our personal relationship with Jesus. But before we can do that, we've got to understand a few basics about sheep and a few basics about shepherds. So sheep, characteristics of sheep, number one, they are notorious for being followers, right? So two years ago when we started the nativity, L&M, uh, L&M-C, is that right? Someone will correct me in the next service. Uh, in Pickens, loaned us a baby gland. And it wasn't your white fluffy lamb. It actually looked more like a little deer. And um, they called me and they said, we have your lamb. And I didn't know what that meant. But I went and it came in a dog carrier and I put him in the back of my Toyota Corolla. Me and Emily brought him back. And boy, was he loud. All the way down Main Street. I mean, I thought Emily and I were going to go deaf in the car. He was crying, crying. She was crying. So I got her to the church and I kept her over in the children's wing for a while. And... Uh, I had a dog collar and a leash for her, but she didn't want to wear it. She just kept hugging on it. So after a while, during the day, I let her out. She followed me everywhere. In my office, and we'd come down, and we'd make copies, and she'd come right over by my leg. And eventually, we went outside and out through the cemetery and down to the kids, down to the youth building. We were getting stuff ready for nativity. She just followed me everywhere I went. And I couldn't help. It was so precious. I couldn't help but think about when God talked about the lambs would follow a shepherd. The notorious followers, they're helpless. A sheep's only defense is to run. It cannot defend itself from a predator. It needs a shepherd to protect them. They have poor eyesight. They can only see for about 15 yards. They're fearful and they're skittish, right? They won't even go up and drink out of a brook or a river that's moving too swiftly. That's why Jesus said, I'll lead you beside calm waters too skittish when the water gets moving too fast. They like to roll over on their backs, and that's a problem. Sometimes they do it when they're pregnant and their waist off, or they have too much wool. The problem is they can't turn themselves back over. It's called cast sheep. And if a sheep stays on its back too long, they build up gas in their system and they'll die. The only way they survive, they're pitiful. The only way they survive is when the shepherd comes and tips them back up on their feet. They need the constant care and protection from the shepherd. And sheep are hard-headed and stubborn. You know any sheep like that? I'll be happy to point out a few to you after the service. They have no homing instincts. They get lost. They're going to likely die. They can't find their way home. And the shepherd knows that if they get lost, they can't defend themselves. That's why Jesus told that story of a hundred sheep. And he said he would leave the 99 to go find the one because he knows that that one is in such danger. 
he has to go take care of the sheep. God calls the sheep, it's not too flattering, but we sure do resemble them. Characteristics of a shepherd, it was a life calling, and it was typically passed down from generation to generation. And in those days, sheep were used more for their wool than they were for food. So the shepherds would get attached. They might have their lambs or their sheep for years. And they named them Spotty, Fluffy, Ornery, Fluffamuffin, right? They all had names. He knew them, the shepherd knew them, and he named them. Sheep knew the shepherd, and they would follow him anywhere. He would lead them. Look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. The shepherd goes out. They go where the shepherd goes. And the amazing one is when they were all in the hills and the shepherd hollered at them and they come down from the hills. They have learned to respond to the shepherd's voice and that's how he commands them. They won't listen to another shepherd. They will only listen to their shepherd. You might holler at them and they'll look at you, but they're not coming. A shepherd had a rod and a staff. You remember in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod was a stick that was usually used as a weapon. It was used for a lot of things, but mainly as a weapon. Whether it was a wild animal trying to attack the flock or a thief, the shepherd would use that, that rod. The staff was used more to guide the sheep, keep them on track and grab their necks and pull them out of trouble and keep them from wandering. Each night, the shepherd would often use his rod. You're going to see a video in a minute. But as they would come in, he would hold the rod low so every sheep had to go singly. And that's how he would count them. And he knew if one was missing, he had to go find it because it was in danger. The shepherd was always willing to risk his life for his sheep. You might remember David recounting to King Saul. He said, once when I was guarding my sheep, I had to kill a lion. And another time I had to kill the bear to protect my sheep. So... As we come together today, I thought we needed to refocus our hearts. We've been through some experiences these past few weeks that none of us saw coming. I don't know, I don't think we've ever lived through a quarantine and a threat of disease as we have during this pandemic. On top of the scale of illness, we have all kinds of things causing us stress and worry, uh, things resulting from the shutdown. People are now starting to go back to work only to find out they're going to get laid off because businesses aren't busy enough. Besides all the corona-related stuff, our nation has been flipped upside down by rioting and destruction. There's so much pain, so much confusion, so much hurt. And it reminds me of when, several times in the New Testament, Jesus said he would look at the crowd. In Matthew 9:36. when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were helpless, harassed, and helpless. Like sheep. Without a shepherd. God foretold of the coming Messiah, Jesus, who would be the Good Shepherd. In John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd, fulfilling that Old Testament prophecy of God coming to shepherd his sheep. And God does that through his son Jesus. So before we jump into the passage, I want you to watch a short video that will help explain the gate and the sheepfold. So how do people go to heaven? Well, in answering this very important question, Jesus spoke figuratively about one of these, a sheep pen. So a sheep pen is made up of these stone walls that come together and form a narrow opening. 
So before evening sets in, the shepherd gets his flock into the protection of a sheep pen, and then he himself serves as the gate to a sheep by sitting or laying in this narrow opening so that nothing can get in and nothing can get out without going through the shepherd. Jesus is talking about when he says, I am the gate. 
Jesus is truly the Good Shepherd who cares for us more than we can even comprehend this morning. His, his love is wider and deeper and beyond us even beginning to grasp this morning how awesome it is. Jesus declaring that He was the gate was simply Him saying, I am the only way for the sheep to have a relationship with God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Sometimes Christianity gets a bad name because we're so narrow in our thinking. Listen, Christians did not come up with this idea that there's only one way to God or one way to heaven. God did. Jesus is the only way. There's another aspect of Jesus being the gate that I want us to focus on this morning. He is the good shepherd who is the gate like the shepherd laying in the doorway who will protect and care for us at all times. Verse 3 says that this. Verse 3 was a little confusing to me. It says the gatekeeper opens the gate. Well, it seems confusing. How can Jesus be the gate and the gatekeeper? I was so confused. But it's really not that complicated. Another version calls the gatekeeper a watchman. So when they were out in the field, they would go to a sheepfold, like we just saw in the video. It was made of rock, usually. And it had a narrow opening, and the shepherd would lay in there. But when the flock came home, when you came to town, the sheep would stay in a different pen. And that pen would be like a wood gate with a lock. And then the watchman would watch the sheep for the night so the shepherd could rest. The next morning, the watchman opens, and the shepherd stands out and calls his sheep. Now, sometimes, uh, actually, more than one herd of sheep would be put in the pen together at the same time. How in the world would the sheep, would the shepherds be able to sort out their sheep? They only listened to one voice. So when their shepherd called, they came. All of them. They didn't follow the crowd. If that wasn't your shepherd, I'm not going with you. It was very intimate. Not only does the shepherd call them, he knows each one. Fluffy muffin and black tail. How amazing that God knows our name. I found an illustration on Facebook, and you may already have read it. Facebook is good for good things sometimes. I saved it. I knew it would be a great illustration. It's called the Bummerland. You can look these up on YouTube. It is amazing. But it's a true fact. When a you has lamb, sometimes she will reject the lamb. They don't know why. There could be many reasons. But if the shepherd or the farmer tries to take that baby lamb back to the mother, she will kick it and be violent toward it. She rejects it. And once the mother lamb rejects the bummer lamb, she will never take it back. These little lambs hang their heads so low that it looks like there's something wrong with their neck. Their little spirits are broken because their mother will not love them. These lambs are called bummer, bummer lambs, and unless the shepherd intervenes, they will be neglected and they will die in the barnyard. So the shepherd takes that little rejected lamb to his home, and he, ha- he hand feeds it, and he keeps it warm. And then he does something else. He wraps it in a blanket, and he holds it close to his chest. So the lamb can hear the shepherd's heartbeat. And when it grows big enough, he takes it out, and he puts it in the pasture with the rest of the flock. That bummer lamb never forgets how the shepherd cared for him. 
When the shepherd goes out and he calls his sheep, guess who comes first? Now, it's not that the bummer lamb is loved more. He just knew the shepherd's love more intimately. He had experienced that love one-on-one. Many of us feel like bummer lamb. Rejected and broken. Jesus is the good shepherd. He cares for our every need and He holds us close to His heart so we can hear His heartbeat. We may be broken, but we are deeply loved this morning by the Good Shepherd. David said, The Lord is my shepherd. There are times in all of our lives when we feel like a bummer lamb. Maybe we've been rejected by other people or maybe just the circumstances in life threaten to break our spirit. When the shepherd calls, the sheep listen, and they know the shepherd's voice. This week, Pastor Randy's devotional online reminded us that sometimes with all the noise, we can't hear his voice, and there is so much noise. We need to take time this morning and let his spirit speak to us and listen to the good shepherd's voice. He is the gate to the sheep. He protects us, and he looks after us constantly, and he'll be... He'll be willing to do whatever it takes to help us. The scripture says that the thief comes to kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life, abundant life, and life to the full. And Jesus lays down his life for the thief. So I came across another illustration that I think really sums up what Jesus is trying to teach us in John chapter 10. In Israel, in 1972, a shepherd had brought his sheep into the walled-off enclosure, like we saw, the sheep fold, and he had just laid across the doorway to go to sleep. When he heard a commotion, he woke up quickly and he rushed over to see where the sound was coming from, and to his horror, there was a wolf trying to drag a sheep to a hole in the wall. The wolf was mauling the defenseless sheep. The shepherd quickly grabbed his rod and he began hitting the wolf. But the wolf turned on him and started biting the shepherd over and over. And the shepherd kept beating, beating, and beating the wolf. And finally, with one last blow, he killed the wolf. And he himself collapsed in a bloody heap. He managed to crawl over to the half dead sheep and he began to bandage his wounds. He gave it some water. The, sheep, the, the shepherd took that little sheep in his bloody arms held them close, and they both laid down and went to sleep. The next morning, the shepherd was found dead. His body literally draped over the sheep to comfort it and to keep it warm. The following day, the headline in the Jerusalem paper said, Keep alive, covered in shepherd's blood. You and I have been dragged off and have been mauled and mangled by Satan by our own sin, and even life struggles. You feel like a thief. You feel like you're struggling, you're fearful, you're wounded. Maybe you're even doubting that God loves you as much as the Bible tells us. But Jesus died on the cross, and he shed his blood for us, so that over every believer we could see these words written, keep alive, covered by the shepherd's blood. The good shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. 
the feet. As we draw near to God during communion, let Him renew your strength, give you grace, allow His Spirit to remind you of His truth and His love. This morning you were given communion cups, and uh, let me explain it to you. There is a really clear, thin layer on top of your cup this morning. Just peel the thin layer first, and then you can get the wafer. And when it's time, there's a tab that will pull off the purple part to the juice. Pastor Randy's going to lead us in just a moment in communion. And as we take the elements, then you're just going to put everything back in the bag and leave it in your seat, and we'll pick it up after. Maybe this morning, you've heard this story about the gate, and you have never asked Jesus to be your Savior. We celebrate open communion, which means everyone is welcome. You don't have to be a member of the church. And it is a great time to draw near Jesus. So if you've never made that commitment in your heart, to say, Jesus, I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Now is a great time to do that. And whatever else God is speaking to you in His voice this morning, draw near the Good Shepherd. Let's focus our hearts as we watch this video and have to rain time.
For I received from the Lord what I also had from the The Lord Jesus, on the night of the church, was there. He had given thanks and pleasure and said, This is my body, for you. Do Thank you. 